I couldn't say good evening because it's it's too big of a show to do that. This is the first episode of Raising Bulls for 2018. We are the only show dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to get back into this thing, guys. We're going to talk about Super Draft picks. We're going to talk about Trilus. The schedule was released. Conference alignment. Uh, where some other players are ending up from last season and, and years past. Uh, we're going to make some guesses at, at, at roster uh, moves as we head into the season. And uh, I have some speculation, that uh, a rumor that has come my way that we will need to talk about. And then, of course, we're going to talk to uh, the beautiful Game Network's own Mike Sparks. Because... Da, 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 Raising Bulls is joining the Beautiful Game Network, people. We are going to be part of a network of podcasts dedicated to soccer in the USL and around the world. Whew, that's a lot to get through. <sighs> nice deep breath. Tonight, joining me as always, we've got the one, the only, Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. I'm glad that soccer season is finally approaching us again. Yeah, I mean, we really had to wait so long. <laughs> and hopefully it means that this, all this cold weather is finally going to go away. So it's that's not, It's going to get nice. It's going to tease us. Darn it's it. going to be like in the 70s in February. We're like, we should move to the FIFA calendar. Uh, <laughs> anoint Eric Winalda as, as uh, God King. Uh, and then plunge back into wintry uh, death. That's, my That's all right. If it's snowing outside, we'll just get some people to, to shovel the field like they did at Red Bull Arena a few years back <laughs> for that playoff game. Fair. All right. Fair enough. Of course, it wouldn't be a Raising Bulls season without our favorite troll. He refuses to say he's a troll, but I'll still call him Not a troll. Not a troll! See? He says it. Actually, I'm going to definitely take that sound clip. That's a new thing. <laughs> it's Anthony Merced of NYC Soccer World. Hello, Anthony. Oh, it's so good to be back talking about my favorite league in the United States, the USL. Uh, it's been too long. It has been way too long. Uh, yeah, I miss talking to you guys every week. This is like, it feels good to be back into the swing of things, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's better. It's better than um, it's better than us uh, messaging each other on Facebook. Passively, aggressively messaging each other on Facebook. Oh, I'm aggressive. You're <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> fair, fair, very fair. All right, let's uh, let's do this, shall we? The Red Bulls uh, have made the first moves for the Red Bulls too, of course, uh, as they do every off season with the Super Draft. We've got five players coming in. Uh, I'm assuming all of these guys are going to have time uh, with Red Bull 2 and will be with the team, but you never know. There could be changes uh, before the season starts. But they picked Brian White. He is a forward with the uh, Red Bull U23 team. He scored 17 goals and three assists last season in PDL. He really did a heck of a number uh, on, on defenses in the PDL. Nico Devera, he's the left back. He was with the Timbers U23 team in the PDL. Uh, good cross, a little bit of a raw player, but uh, a lot of people see him as maybe a sleeper pick in the draft. Tom Barlow, big striker out of Wisconsin. He had 10 goals and five assists last season. Uh, kind of a big guy, but he is still pretty fast. He, he's fleet of foot, if you will. And then they rounded out uh, the last two rounds of the draft, picking Jared Stroud. And I'm going to say this name wrong. I should have practiced beforehand. Jose Aguinaga. I'm going to say Aguinaga. That's that's the way it's said, uh, for sure. 
<laughs> also from the Red Bull PDL team. Stroud, 13 assists, school record at Colgate. He's a midfielder. And Aguinaga had 18 goals and 32 assists for Ryder. Um, both these guys obviously know the system. The team is very familiar with them. Same with Brian White. And uh, hopefully we're starting to kind of get an idea of what this team's going to look like this season. Anthony, uh, what do you think about these these picks? Um, I think that they're... Their picks, um, you know, look, this is it's a little bit difficult this year because Red Bull didn't have high draft picks. So you're you're in that area where a lot of times, um, statistically speaking, these guys tend to not become much. But it's been a while since um, Red Bull hasn't traded up and, or gotten high picks with the USL team. So we'll see how they can develop these guys. I'm not, I don't put a lot of stock in regards to um, PDL performances or college performances when it comes to um, the, the full on professional game. But these are the kinds of guys that I think if you're, if, if you're going to say, are they going to be in the, in the two team? I think most absolutely, unless they bomb out completely in preseason. Of that group, who do you think is maybe the most likely to have some success at this next level? Probably white. Okay. Do you do you think he's going to be as a, a striker? He's kind of undersized for that. Or do you no, think I don't. In the I, no, I don't think he is at all. I think kind of like um, the Lombard issue last year. They were, were they're going to find a position for him that uh, is necessary. This team is it's funny. Red Bull in general has been very big on trying to just looking at guys and being like, "Man, you look like you could be a center back. Man, you look like you could be a left back. You look <laughs> like you could be a striker." And, and then just seeing what happens. I remember the infamous uh, Bonomo center back thing that happened a few years yep, ago yep. Um, or, or, or Lombard in particular as well. You know, so it, it's kind of a, you know, flip a coin and we'll see where you play. I mean, look at Aaron Long. Aaron Long was a midfielder. They converted yeah. him to center back and now he's uh, tearing up MLS. So who knows? Yeah, he's yeah. been on the first team. Bill, you are the resident soothsayer of Raising Bulls. Which of these guys is going to make the biggest impact with the Red Bulls team this season? I'm going to have to agree with Anthony on this one. I know it's a shock, but Mr. White, I think, is going to have the biggest impact just from his performance. Yeah. Like Walter White. (laughs) No, Brian White. (laughs) You said said Mr. White, and I instantly thought Reservoir Dog. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That's funny. But Uh, just from his experience playing with the U23 team, and uh, I think he's going to have the biggest impact. I am most curious about Nico Devera. I I think that uh, he is a, definitely a, a tiny guy, um, but some of the crossing that I saw him uh, perform certainly gives me some hope in terms of the way that this team has played in the past and I'm assuming is going to play uh, moving forward. And Jose Aguinaga I'm kind of curious about, but I think, I think the guy that's going to have the biggest impact, I think you're both right. I think it's going to be Brian White. But we shall see. And he's from New Jersey, so yeah, there we go. Yes, yes. Uh, we also have some trialists coming in. There's Ismalia. I'm going to say Jome, but I don't think that's right. Who can help me out here? Anthony? Jome? Yeah, Jome? Yeah. You're looking at me to pronounce names right? <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's, I'm going to get a pronunciation guide. How to pronounce Jome. Uh, I don't want to actually. Did you get the accent right? Who knows? So I looked up how to pronounce Jome. The the second thing that came up was how to pronounce Home Depot. I don't. 
Oh, I'm not going to find this. Who was it? Who was it last season that you had a hard time? Uh, Bazulovich. Arun. It was Bazulovich. Yeah, you were Basuljevich for a few weeks. Yeah, I was sure that. Hey, look, was it too? We were all wrong on on Muriel for about a whole season. So it's probably going to change this year. Except now, exactly, nobody is saying Muriel anymore. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, if you watch, uh, like Jesse during the the end of season wrap, called him Mule. Uh, Aaron, I think, in a video recently called him uh, Mule. It's like, wait a minute, guys, what's happening here? Are there clips out from a- practice yet where they're saying Mule too? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? It is. It's just like a like a Jose Mourinho thing where they, where they're trying to motivate him the way they did with Luke Shaw. They're just gonna call him a different name, <laughs> and he's gonna get really mad and then start producing on the field. Perhaps, perhaps we'll see. <laughs> Uh, okay, I could not find this pronunciation. I'm going to stick with Jome for now until I am uh, corrected. Proven, yeah, proven wrong, uh, which I am definitely wrong. It just doesn't seem right, but who knows? Uh, he is a left midfielder slash left back. He was with uh, Minnesota United, had a lot of trouble finding the field last season. Um, but again, I've heard uh, he's got a very good cross, and he could be the type of player that might develop within the system, but we're going to have to see. And then... Uh, more wing back help. Kyle Duncan, who was a former Red Bull Academy player, is also with the team now uh, in Florida. So you know, I think they they've identified some areas where they're a bit uh, light, considering that they they missed out on Gloucester. Um, we could talk about um, Noah Powder coming up in a little bit, but it, it seems like they want to reinforce uh, those wing back positions, especially with um, David Njem going and. And some other things. Although Ethan Cutler uh, did a good job back there, but I can't imagine that they project him as as the starter for Red Bull too. But we'll see. Speaking of people who are on trial, what happened to Duca? Because he was playing with Red Bull too a little bit at the end of uh, last his, season. His contract was not picked up. His option was not picked up, and he has moved on. So no more dilly. Not, not too. Just surprised. like Gonzalo Verone. Yes, just, just <laughs> like Gonzalo Verone. Dilly dilly. <laughs> oh, if he was on the team this year. Imagine oh, that. Oh, man, the missed opportunity. Right? Could have been a, a perfect dilly marketing dilly. <laughs> situation. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm. Not, I look. It, whenever a trialist comes in at this point in camp, it's really way too early to kind of make any assessments. Neither of these guys may end up with the team. Um, if any of them can have any kind of impact, that's fantastic. But you know, I think that uh, it is way too early to kind of make any judgments on them. Uh, either of you guys have any input? No, not yet. Too early. Yeah, there's a lot of mysteries here that we have to wait and see. And um, even from our perspective, we don't really know what this team is necessarily looking for because they're yep. they are quite secretive about what exactly their plans are. That is too true. And that's that's the crux of all of these uh, early shows for us. It's like, hey, what about this? Don't know. Too early to tell. Don't have enough information. <laughs> well, we, we can say what we hope that they do, right, but exactly. I don't think we're talking about that right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Moving on. The USL schedule has been announced. Uh, let's first talk about the fact that uh, the Red Bulls 2 will not be playing in MSU to start the season. That is still being renovated. Uh, to add the appropriate amount of seats to make sure that they are within uh, USL D2 regulations. Uh, So they're going to start the season at a very familiar place, Red Bull Arena, where we had witnessed many a cavernous 
uh, environment for this team to play in front of. I guess that's the, <laughs> the nice way to say that. Um, but, you know, I think it'll still be good to see them there, uh, even though I kind of wish uh, they weren't back there. I think they're playing out on, what, the first eight games now at Red Bull Arena? Sorry. Currently, that's what the plan is, I think. Six. The first six games. Six? Yeah. Six. Okay. So, I mean, that and takes if you us believe in, yeah, if, if you believe in omens or, or superstition and me being a huge baseball fan, I definitely do. They are starting this season against Toronto FC2, which would be at Red Bull Arena, which is the team that they played against in the first game of 2016 when they ended up having a record-setting year and winning a USL championship. So it's a good sign right there. The, well, I mean, look, if they could start really strong, uh, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. There are two things that, that worry me about that, and uh, well, we can go over that a little bit right now. The rest of the East is retooling in a big way. He got some new teams coming in in Nashville and Atlanta uh, FC2. You've got returning teams like Tampa Bay who were already strong, adding pieces to make them stronger. Uh, Louisville City kind of stayed pat with who they had, but they were a very good team last season, obviously. Um, and, North Carolina. And yeah, there's no Rochester. Not, exactly. Let's not forget about the fact that not only is there no Rochester, but now Bob Lilly has gone to Pittsburgh. Dun, dun, dun. A team already Donalds. set up uh, both personnel and sort of tactically to play a Bob Lilly style game. Now with the man, the myth, the legend in charge, I th- that's my sleeper pick for, for maybe winning the East. Ooh. Um, hmm. I don't know about winning the East this year. I think that Louisville still, even though they've stood pat and haven't made any changes, has to be considered a favorite. I think that Cincinnati, Cincinnati is still in the East, right? Did they move them or are they still in the East? Um, they've had a really, really great offseason picking up some important pieces. Uh, but also so losing it, some very important pieces, don't forget. Yes. I mean, but they also lost some important pieces last year. I think uh, particularly I remember uh, Ugo Okoli leaving the team. Mm-hmm. And that, and I, I thought that that was going to be kind of a death nail for them. I didn't, I didn't even know if they would be a playoff team. But they, you know, they obviously pulled that off. So we'll, we'll see. And Ottawa as well is another side that's gotten better this offseason because they did not like the fact that they did not qualify for those playoffs. Yeah. And I think that, they really weren't that far off from from what I think a playoff team looks like in USL. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, of and course, Bethlehem Steel. I was just gonna say Bethlehem Steel picking up uh, one My time man. Red Bull MVP Brandon Allen. Yeah, your favorite guy. How yeah. many penalty kicks is he gonna score this season, Bill? Zero. Zero penalty kicks? Do you mean he's gonna miss them, or he's not gonna be allowed to take them? There's just not going to be any opportunities. I'm going to jinx it. There's not going to wow. be any penalty kick opportunities. Wow. Bill throwing shade. Is it just because throwing he's, shade. he's a That's Beth a lot of shade. Now? Yeah. By the way, I said Beth Steele to the guys on the USL show uh, when I was on last week, and they all laughed at me like nobody had ever heard that before. What? Uh, yeah, exactly. What? what? No one calls them Beth Steele? I felt like that was their nickname. Yeah. That's I don't know if it's their nickname, but I've heard a lot of people refer to them yeah. as Beth Steele. And I think they referred to that sounding like a, a like really, um, uh, like strong and powerful uh, action hero, female action hero, Beth Steele. <laughs> I mean, Marvel I didn't think of that, DC. but that is true. <laughs> um, all right, let's look at this schedule. 
Yes, you mentioned they're opening against Toronto FC2. That's going to be uh, March 17th at Red Bull Arena. I don't think there's times with any of these, are there? Maybe there are. No, not yet. Yeah, all TBD still. Okay. Uh, the next game that I'm looking forward to is going to be another home game. And that's going to be April 14th against the Tampa Bay Rowdies at Red Bull Arena. David yeah. Njem and Junior Fleming. That's going to be an interesting uh, one. Both signed with Tampa Bay. Obviously, that team is already very strong. They lost... Um, Martin Patterson, I think he's going to a team in the Indian Premier League, if I'm not mistaken. I say that with a question mark, so feel free to correct me, anybody out there that, that wants to. Um, then, of course, the aforementioned Bet Steel, their first game is going to be at Bethlehem on May 16th. Uh, mark your calendars. That'll be the first time that Brandon Allen will be taking on the Red Bulls. Um, and then... F- I mean, there's a number of games in the middle, but I don't want to go over everything that I think is going to be interesting. But finishing the season up against Bob Lilly yet again, but now for Pittsburgh on October 14th, and that will be at MSU. I guess the ones I'm most excited for are all home games for the most part, because I'll be able to be there watching this team. Anthony, any games stick out to you that you're excited for? Um, I'm I'm thinking about a little bit of revenge from last year on April 22nd against the LA Galaxy 2. We uh, that that looks like it's going to be. It says Stub Hub Center, so that means I, I have not checked the MLS schedule, but it may potentially be a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even if it isn't, uh, I think this is a chance to really get back. Uh, last year, LA Galaxy Two came into Red Bull Arena and kind of knocked out some early thunder from Red Bull Two. So hopefully, they can do the same thing on that end. Uh, and also, um, Indy Eleven, you know, May twenty seventh. Seeing, you know, just coming in, facing one of the gatekeepers of the um, newly, of, of, of the most recently reformed um, USL in Red Bull 2. Because I feel like since 2015, when uh, MLS 2 teams really became a thing, Red Bull 2 has really established themselves. So Indy 11 um, is, is going to be a, a pretty hyped up meeting. Yeah, I could see that. Bill, is there anything that you're looking forward to? Not just in uh, in the season, but I mean in life in general. <laughs> <laughs> I would say for soccer, at least, I'm looking forward to the Tampa Bay game at home. Yeah, that should be a good time. Uh, if if okay, so if that twenty um, second game is going to be a doubleheader, it won't be against the Red Bulls one. Um, oh, and no, the, the Galaxy yeah, play on not, the 21st. Are there any doubleheaders at home that you know of for us? Hmm, I don't think so. Mm, no, I they're all on separate dates. Schedules. Wow. Yeah, that's a first. It's you could always rearrange them. Yeah. You know, the the way the schedule is laid out so far for me is like the divorce special because it's like every weekend or like back to back games through the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the season. There's literally like no weekday games at yeah. all, which is good. But like you said, it's the divorce. Yeah, my wife. I think schedule. Is I like that. Me. So we'll see. <laughs> But think about how hard it is for me. I'm covering all three teams. Oh, are you you go to the Red Bulls two games? Is that what you're saying? Well, I will now that they're back at Red Bull at Red Bull Arena, where you can actually access it by public transit. <laughs> what about when they move back to MSU? Nope, never. Well, I have to again. think about it. Oh, there's no support for a Montclair Miners. That's right. Uh, I also mentioned that on the USL show, and they had not heard that before. So. I, uh... Hopefully that'll. I think that's spreading. a you thing, and and I actually do like it a lot. The Montclair Miners, but yeah, we we, we got to get that trending. Yeah, I think so. 
Uh, okay, uh, along with the schedule, the conference alignment was announced. Nothing uh, earth-shattering in terms of, of teams moving out of the East other than St. Louis. And poor St. Louis. They are so far away from every team in the West, except for Swope Park, really. I mean, like, uh, the, at Tulsa and OKC are kind of close, sort of, but that's yeah, there's really, still hours away. Yeah, there's every really other no team for them to drive to. Yeah. Not not too different from um, San Antonio and, and RGV, too, because they are, like, way, way, way out there. Um, but in the East, you're going to have Atlanta United 2, Beth Steele, Charleston Battery, Charlotte Independence, FC Cincinnati, Newcomers Indy 11, Louisville City, Nashville, also newcoming uh, this season, New York Red Bulls 2, obviously, North Carolina FC, another NASL team that has snuck their way into USL. Uh, Ottawa Fury, Penn FC, the rebranded Harrisburg um, City Islanders, which are now going to be taking... No, 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 no. This is now going to be a pipeline from... I can't remember the name of the academy, but uh, it's going to be a good thing. Trust me. Uh, the Pittsburgh... I can't remember. It shows you how, shows you how memorable it is. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's one, one, it's late. Two, I've got a Swiss cheese brain. And three, uh, you know, many other things are happening. Three, I need more coffee. Yeah, more... Okay, more coffee. Hold on. Ah, then we've got... Uh, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Richmond Kickers, Tampa Bay Rowdies, and Toronto FC too. These conferences are getting insane. Uh, <laughs> yes, they are. I think pretty soon it's going to be like 50 teams per conference. No did one Vancouver have a team or am I just imagining things? You're, they did. Uh, they, they had one gone. last season. They're gone, yeah. They're one of the MLS teams, or MLS two teams that has folded. Not. I think it's just, you know, it's one of those revenue situations where uh, they've now partnered up with, oh, what was the team? Help me out here, Anthony. Didn't it? Wasn't it Colorado that they Is partnered that, with? No, I don't think it's the Switchbacks. Uh, I want to say maybe Reno, Tulsa. No, Reno and San Jose. Okay. Vancouver, uh, Whitecaps. Tulsa wouldn't make sense because that's I think really it's Fresno. Fun. Yes, thank you, Fresno. You're the best. You're the, the best. The Foxes. Bill, I mean, look, he might be a little quiet some of the time, but he is always always on he's top the, of it he's the quiet behind the riot yeah <laughs> and let's talk about out west we've got the las vegas lights baby <laughs> they do have a really cool looking logo yeah. they have the that best logo, logo in awesome. american soccer it's fantastic um obviously fresno you mentioned before uh who else we got any other newcomers no very quickly i do not see any that stick out as new this season uh, but still, it should be a good time. West has traditionally not been as good as the East. I expect that to continue this season, uh, but we'll see. All right. Now on to uh, some ex-Red Bull news. Uh, obviously, we talked about Brandon going to Bethlehem Steel, uh, Junior Flemings, and David uh, Najem going to Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, but So to- bad. So bad. Uh, you're crazy. But... Uh, Junior, okay. If if, if he was going to sign with an MLS team, fine, God bless. But if he was going to settle for a USL team, you might as well have seen what he wanted. I mean, because this is like, geez, like you 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 like he's going to arrive, and this is this is where I, I I do kind of criticize the whole like development versus um, competition thing. This is a competition. This is a professional league, and you just let two players who were productive, maybe not as productive as you wanted them to be, 
go to a team that is going to adversely affect your ability to get into the playoffs. Perhaps. Perhaps that's true. I, I think that's a fair criticism. I can't even counter it. And that moment of silence was, I guess, for uh, our playoff chances, maybe. However, uh, the other guy I wanted to talk about in all of this is Justin Bilyeu. He was uh, with the team last season and traded midway through. I believe he ended up with Reno or RGB. Man, I can't keep those Western Conference teams straight. Um, whoever he ended up with... Uh, I guess it was RGV because he is now on trial with the Houston Dynamo. So uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck, Justin. And that brings us to our last bit here. I mentioned it a moment ago about Noah Powder. There is a rumor floating around that Noah Powder has been cut. Uh, I have not been able to uh, get a source to confirm this rumor. So you know, take it as uh, with a grain of salt for now. However, if you look through um, the Red Bulls training camp photos so far, you will notice that Noah Powder is not in those photos. Uh, the, the speculation is there may have been a behavioral issue. Again, none of this is confirmed. Do not take that as uh, uh, sourced news. It's just and, the rumor and, that's floating around. Yeah, and real quick, because um, I know that sometimes there's a lot of people that... Uh question us on social media so why how hard is it to confirm these things and they think of it from other american sports league standpoints it's easy to get information from players unions and other league in other sports uh when guys haven't signed contracts there is no union for um for these usl guys so when guys are released unless somebody's talking we don't really know whether or not they're still with the team so it, it is a bit of speculation until somebody opens their mouth, really. Yep. And that, that unfortunately, that's all we have to go on for right now. Uh, hopefully, in the very near future, um, we will get an answer for that. I do have queries out with uh, both Red Bulls 2 and the Red Bulls, so we shall see. Okay, that's it for segment one. Um, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Mike Sparks of the Beautiful Game Network. Stick around. We've only got two segments today, guys. Uh, it's a little too early to, to stress the show out. We've got nothing to preview really yet. Uh, but we do have a very, very special guest. He is the man behind the Beautiful Game Network and uh, one of the hosts of the Mongols podcast. It's Mike Sparks. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Thanks, guys. I, I, I might take offense to very, very special, but uh, I appreciate it. I didn't say it with uh, air quotes, if that helps. <laughs> Uh, that's how I view it in my mind. So all it's, right. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously Raising Bulls, we are joining the Beautiful Game Network this season. It's a big deal yes. for us. I hope it's a big deal for you guys. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the network. So um, honestly, when we started BGN, it was I think about it was a year ago. Um, it started from the sense that we, we started the Mongols podcast about a year before that. And one of the things that we had learned was there's not a ton of information out there to really get people, uh, podcasting, 
um, uh, as as efficiently and as productively as they could be. We'd seen a lot of podcasts, especially you know sports podcasts, sort of come up and then fall off and come up and fall off because they're not getting listeners and things like that. And so in that first year of doing Mongols, we really learned a ton. And uh, we started to branch out and we started to create some additional shows of our own just because we started to talk about things outside of just the Riverhounds. We, we did a, uh, a Premier League show and we did one. We still have one um, where we talk about uh, local college and high school soccer in Pittsburgh. And they didn't feel like they fit under that Mongols moniker. So uh, we created some different shows and we said, well, we need we need some name for this thing. Um, and so we just called it the Beautiful Game Network. And, and honestly, that got us really thinking about there are so many shows where we all sort of do this for like nothing. If anything, we are paying out of pocket to do these shows to to you know provide this amazing content to listeners. And and I, I don't say, you know, in this case, amazing with air quotes. I think that a lot of times the stuff that you guys put out, especially, um, is is the type of coverage that just nobody else is doing you're not seeing it in local media the teams aren't really putting it out so you guys are really the ones with the passion that are sort of digging into the teams you're looking at the players you're talking to the players and you're making this all of this available to fans basically on your own dollar in a lot of cases where you're you're paying just to have you know cover the hosting fees and the website fees and all of that and so what we thought was you know it's it's a real shame that you have these passionate fans like you guys who are out there doing this and uh, and sometimes can no longer do it for whatever reason, be it financial or maybe, you know, the listener base isn't there or whatever. And, and there's just this wealth of, of content all over the country and really all over the world. I mean, right now we have a lot of shows that are that are focused on the USL. Um, but uh, we don't want to see that sort of content go away because, you know, the the um, the hosts and the, and the producers of the show it, they're not making a living off of doing it. And I'm never saying that we're going to be able to make a living off of doing it. But the general idea is that if we all sort of come together and we have sort of this network where, um, you know, you can interact with other hosts uh, really easily and we can all sort of share tips and ideas. And, um, you know, if there are sponsorship opportunities, it's it's much easier to get sponsors for a whole range of shows across an entire network than it might be for one individual show to try to get on their own to cover their own sort of costs. So it's one of those ideas of, you know, together we're, we're stronger than apart. Um, and uh, and honestly, it, it's it's been a great way just to interact with so many different hosts from literally all over the country and get ideas and thoughts and just talk soccer. And, and, uh, I mean, I know you guys have had, um, a bunch of other hosts from, from other shows on the network on your show to talk. And it really is, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's a great community to be a part of. And, uh, and we're, we're absolutely thrilled that you guys are joining us this year. I, I'm glad that you kept your, your response very brief, uh, <laughs> and vague. That was fantastic. <laughs> Well, we are really delighted to join, I would say. Um, I, I'd like to, to switch gears maybe a little bit, uh, talk a, a little bit about what's happening in USL this season. Obviously, some teams dropped out, some new ones came in. Uh, they weren't expecting the schedule to drop uh, uh, last Friday. or Was it last Friday? Man, so much has happened yeah. since then. Um, and, you know, boom, there it is. Uh, a number of NASL teams are coming in. Uh, what, at this point, with... with Division three coming, uh, you know, in the future and assuming maybe we're going to get into some kind of pro role situation. 
what do you see for this season as being something to to maybe uh, be the meat and potatoes, uh, if you will, for for fans that aren't necessarily into USL yet and, and need a push? Um, I mean, honestly, I the thing that excites me about the USL is the fact that it is. I don't want to say that it's the opposite of the MLS, but I, I sort of look at the MLS and see just nothing but dollar signs. Um, and I mean, you guys are obviously involved in the MLS. So some of this you're probably thinking yeah, is an independent team. You know, they're not actually involved in it, whatever. But um, I think that because of the nature of the USL and the fact that literally MLS, there's a whole like bachelor process to get teams into the league in the MLS. It seems like, you know, you need 20 bucks and a handshake and we'll let you in. Um, there's something that's, exciting about that and you never really know who's going to be in what sort of shape the teams are going to be in i mean last year we were at a certain number now we've added a whole bunch more teams there's all sorts of talk of potentially moving to three divisions um or not three divisions sorry three conferences um and uh and especially with the third division coming up um i think it was uh galati who made a comment about that uh in mls pro rel will never really be a thing and and his reason for that was that you have these teams that come in, they pay these massive entry fees to get in. And so to introduce something like pro rel for a team like Minnesota who came in last season, um, when they've invested all this money to then send them down to the next division, it's just not fair to them. So his argument was sort of like, well, it it just can't exist in a setup like that. To me, it feels like, uh, you know, you teased pro rel that the USL is sort of ideally built for that. Um, in the sense that it is, it's like 20 bucks and a handshake and you're in. So there isn't that upfront cost. And especially with some of the sizes of teams within the USL, I think there's a real shot at seeing something like pro rel in, in between D2 and D3. Uh, and I think that's going to be exciting. Now, obviously that's for, um, you know, some future seasons, but I think just the potential and, and you guys are obviously more um, uh, you guys view this a lot more than we do, but the, the potential to see a lot of this up and coming talent um, and watch them develop and watch them foster, um, I think is exciting. I think sometimes it's difficult for an independent club like the Riverhounds where we don't have a pro team that we can sort of I shouldn't say pro team. We don't have an MLS team that we can promote players to. So, you know, we we watch a lot of these players and our hope is that we can hold on to them. But I think that that just makes us more appreciative as fans to know that like we we've had this moment to watch these players and watch them develop. Like, you know, we had Zach Steffen in goal uh, two seasons ago and then he went off and, and toured up in Columbus and now he's getting called up to the U.S. men's national team. And um, so, yeah, I think as a fan, you know, you're really just sort of looking for exciting soccer. You really don't know what to expect. Um, and uh, but it's it's it always ends up being fun. Uh, One thing in particular, hi, it's Anthony here. Um, (laughs) One thing in particular that I think the USO has given um, that sometimes MLS gets criticized for is a bit more of a natural uh, competition rivalry. And we've seen that develop between the New York Red Bulls too and Pittsburgh over the years, maybe in a little bit of a way that we don't want to see in in some ways. Mm -hmm. But it it really kind of kicked off in 2015 with that that amazing playoff game. I was gonna, I, That's. I don't think we I can talk without talking about, about Romeo. Just... I'm gonna get there, okay? <laughs> I wanted to talk positive first, but since you don't want to talk about that, Joe, we'll just go right into it. So Anthony's Romeo Puts really, really, really kicked this rivalry off, didn't he? 
Yeah. <sighs> I see what you did there. Master of the yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, it's it's um, yeah. I, there's so obviously the the you know the kick heard around the world happened. Um, none of the fans were really happy about it. I think at the time the hounds took the right a- action and, and removed him from the team. I think we're all somewhat perplexed as to why a, they re-signed him last year. Um, you sort of had two different camps. You had the fans who were like, you know, Hey, we're all for redemption. And you know, this guy has said he's sorry and we should give him a second chance. You know, it happened in whatever moment. And then you had the other side that are saying, you know, the hounds were getting a bad rap as it is. Why are we opening ourselves back up to more of this? Um, and for whatever reason, you know, we had to deal with it. He came back last year. And uh, honestly, I think there were a number of us that were surprised that he was brought back again this year with Lily. Um, we'll see what happens. I think if he's, if he's on his game, um, I, I think he could be one of the most dynamic forwards in the league. The problem is, is that, pretty much outside of the first few games that we saw him two years ago, we haven't seen that player. And if anything, he was more a detriment to us last year in that he just wasn't making good decisions. He was forcing things. He skied the ball over the net more times than he put them on net. So the whole thing perplexes me, but um, yeah, so there, <laughs> to get, I guess to get back to the question of a rivalry. Yeah. I guess we can thank him for, for uh, you know, every time we play, that's, that's the headline that comes up um, and we'll probably continue to do that at least for a while now. Well, one thing I was going to, yeah, one thing I was going to say, though, um, is that even before that kick, the, these two teams were producing probably the most, or at least for Red Bull 2, some of the most entertaining games. Um, I can think of, uh, you know, the 2015, the Anthony Wallace amazing shot uh, from outside the box at Red Bull Arena or just that that great playoff game. So th- this these are the kinds of things that I think uh, MLS 2 teams get criticized for is they don't develop great rivalries. But we've seen these great games, especially from Red Bull Two and a bunch of the independent squads. Um, what are you What are you seeing um, from from the independent squad perspective? Is 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 that kind of being reciprocated from from the fan base? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that I think it depends on who the two team is. I mean, obviously we have you know there are two teams like TFC Two where you could tell that there there's not really a lot of focus on it, um, and they're not really putting together talent. But honestly, we we uh, we played you guys at home for our first game last season, and I know the fan base was just all sorts of jacked up for it because it was like you know here you guys were coming in, you guys were the defending champs. We knew you know the playoff history that there were a lot of great battles back and forth, and and that game last season was the I think it was a three three home opener. That was the one where Herzog scored off the the touchline and then picked up the kid so i mean that for us it was like you know this is it we made it we just we just tied the you know red bulls too um it's going to be a fantastic season so we absolutely hold you know you guys in in high regard and i think there are other two teams like you know beth Steele, who who we think highly of as well and then you know you have the other ones like ocb which you know they're not in the league this year that we sort of thought was a joke so i think it really depends on the organization um, I think I said last time I was on this show that the MLS team that I follow, um, if I follow an MLS team, is the Red Bulls. And I we we as fans have a ton of respect for what you guys do with your youth academy all the way up through the USL, all the way up through the pro team. All right, Mike. Last time you were here, I think we made you answer silly questions. We've got a whole second batch of silly questions. Anthony apparently has uh-huh. brand new oh, silly questions, which I'm very excited about. But are you ready for the lightning round? I, I guess I am. I, I think I said some pretty 
defaming things last time. So sure, I guess bring it happy. <laughs> Make it happen again. Okay. Yeah. More Enio or less Enio? Enio. I don't. Yeah, even, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know. What... More Enio or less Enio? Oh, oh, uh, less Enio. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Last Jedi or Empire Strikes Back? Ooh, jeez. Uh, um, I'm going to say Empire Strikes Back. Wow, Anthony. Heavy hitter. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Uh, I got to say, well, oh, man. So the backstory on this is I remember seeing there was a poll a few years ago where they said, you know, who's better, Marvel or DC? And I just remember looking at sort of both a lineup, something, and it, ha- it has to be DC, right? It has to be. But I think thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, I'm going to have to say Marvel just because DC can't get their crap together in terms of movies. Yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Honestly, I really only like Batman from DC, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Oh, no. Anthony's turn. Sorry. Or Bill. Bill, you want to throw in a question? Yeah. What's your favorite place to play in the USL? Favorite place? Aside from home? Yeah. Aside um, from home. Favorite stadium. Whew. That's a good one. Aside from home. Um, honestly, you know, and it, it really pains me to say this, but I would probably say Cincinnati. Just because, you know, that's that's probably the closest to a MLS type experience that the Hounds are going to get in terms of the number of fans and how crazy it is. And, uh, you know, we we love the guys from Cincy Soccer Talk, but anytime we can sort of walk in and take points from them and, and wipe the smug look off their face, that just makes it all the sweeter. So, yeah, I'd have to say Cincy. Very fair. Anthony, you want to close it out? Sure. Um Mario Kart or Mario Tennis? Oh, man. Okay, so I own Mario Kart for the Switch because I have three kids, and Mario Tennis has not yet come out, but I have very fond memories of playing Mario Tennis. Just haven't done it in a while. Uh, I'm going to say Mario Tennis. What? Let's do it. That yeah. was, I, I did not expect that. That was a yeah, Shyamalan twist at the end. Yeah. There you go. I like. Well, I didn't say I didn't say Mario Strikers because obviously we would have known you to pick that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I ever played Mario Strikers actually. I oh, never, it's addictive. I, <laughs> oh, it I never is played it crazy either. addictive. We used to play that in my office uh, when I was still a, a video game tester. We would play a lot of Mario Strikers. Wait, anyway, so that's that's the soccer game where yes. like there's like giant soccer balls and crazy stuff <laughs> going on all over the field. It, it's like Mario Kart, but also soccer is happening, or like a. Uh, uh, what was the NFL one? Uh, not Blitz. Oh, Blitz? No, it's kind of like Blitz, but it was the other street. NFL Street. Mm. It's, it's more like that, I would say. So you can like you can like throw tur- turtle shells at opponents and things like that? Yeah, yeah. Huh, this okay. game looks pretty awesome. I'm just looking yeah. at it on Google. <laughs> like, damn, how did I not have this for GameCube? I was, saying, I was just talking to the Hounds yesterday about doing like a FIFA tournament. Maybe we should try to do, uh, do a Mario tournament instead. Oh, that, that, oh, that would be awesome. Fun, honestly. <laughs> Okay, well, everyone, uh, thank you, Mike, for being on the show. Uh, I very much appreciate it, and uh, thank you for welcoming us to the Beautiful Game Network. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me, and uh, you know, thanks for joining the network. We look forward to great things together, and uh, I'm sure we will be talking to you very soon.
Absolutely. And uh, for the rest of you, thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of 2018. And we will see you very soon. For myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and Mike Sparks, thank you and good night. Good night.